Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie now called Colette. Yes, it's about the famous French writer from another century who actually behaved at the time she was alive like she was right now and she was saying, time's up. She was really, even without the hashtag. And my guest today, Kira Knightley, plays Colette brilliantly in this movie, which you've got to see because it has a terrific amount of energy going on in it that we can feel right now. So congratulations on Thank that, you. Kira. That Thank is you great. You know, Kira, I'm looking at you and I have not seen you since Atonement. Really? Yes, since Atonement. That was which, a while ago. It was a while ago. It was ago. a while ago. Since then, you've like made another like 20 movies. There's been quite a few, yeah. you made quite a few. Yeah. You got another Oscar nomination yeah. for Imitation Game to go with the one you had for Pride and Prejudice. Yep. You uh, basically made your stage debut in London and yep. on Broadway. Yeah. You got married. Yeah. You had a daughter. Yeah. So anything else now? No, I mean, it's quite a lot. <laughs> it's quite a lot, isn't it? Is it? it was it's a amazing lot. 10 years. Yes. What happens in it 10 really years? It really is. Yeah. Hello. Hello who, again. Who are you now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who were you that 10 Just years older. ago? Just older. Just 10 years no, oh, older. Oh, sure, I bet. No, none of these things make it. <laughs> a bit any... more sleep deprived. <laughs> apart from that. How old is your daughter now? She's three and she still doesn't like sleeping. So, you know. Yeah, so no, I understand that. Yeah. Don't you have to say, but I'm shooting today. I try that. <laughs> I'm working. Please, please get to sleep. No, I actually, the last film that I, I did, she had a complete sleep regression. And there was a moment of just going, I can't. I can't remember the words. I'm not sleeping. <laughs> you know. She's going to be a team player at some point. People smile, but they don't understand until you've they're actually, you've had actually that, experienced it. No, yeah, no, nobody gets nobody it. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets no, it no, at no, all. No. But of course, I'm sure when you were filming Colette, she was perfect. She just said, she was an angel. She slept every night. <laughs> it's going to be all good. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, what was it about this one that made you say, "I, I, I want to do it"? I just loved it. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, hopefully, I think people will get that when they see the film. You know, there's such a sense of energy and empowerment, and she was just this extraordinary being. So I knew a couple of her books. I knew Cherie and The Last of Cherie, but um, and I loved them, mm -hmm. but I didn't know anything about her life. So I think just reading the script and finding out about this first marriage, this guy that takes credit, who took credit for her first four novels, but they were this kind of extraordinary couple, this sort of celebrity pretty huge stars in their own right and the kind of the journey of her finding her voice and kind of standing on her own two feet I found it incredibly empowering <laughs> you know well Dominic West who plays Willie you know plays this yeah husband, he has even though he's doing things that we're looking at now and we say despicable Awful. yeah you know? yeah yeah uh, you stand over there I don't want to do this this was the time wasn't it yeah. It was totally the time. It was totally the time, but it was also, you know, I think what was really important with the, the relationship is that you have to understand why they're together. And I think that, that the character of Willie, her first husband, he was so charming. He was so charismatic. He was also literally the biggest star of the day. So, you know, it but was... But he had a factory the, going there. He had a factory going. Hiring he was, people to write Yeah, and he was like, the f I mean, maybe not the first, because like I said, they were a celebrity couple and that was him. He branded them. He marketed them. I mean, he exploited her, but he, he recognised talent and he took it and sold it as his, as his own but you know I, I think he had a tremendous energy and I think it was what was so fun playing with Dominic was getting that wicked kind of sense of humor and I think when they were great they had a lot of fun like they were absolutely the life and soul of the party and then it wasn't so great and then she left and that's fine <laughs> it's a, it sounds like where I was going through your life and then she left sure. and then she left there was a and, lot of and things and it's lucky happened. that she left <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
there were a lot of because he says there's a line where he said people will not buy books written by women. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it, it, people said that about films starring women up until a few years ago. <laughs> you know, people say that about films directed by women. Mm -hmm. So it's still, I think that's what I sort of loved about the script was that we're still having the same conversations, you know, and... Um, we're having them especially now. We're having them especially now, but we certainly haven't figured it out yet, but isn't it lucky that we're having the conversation? So I just felt like it was extraordinary to have a, a piece that is set a hundred years ago and yet feels so modern and so current, and that me as somebody today can look at it and go, well, yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I can relate to that. Yes, I think a lot of people can relate to it. At yes. the screening I was at, I remember people, and women especially, in there going, yes, 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 yes. I yes. feel that. Yes. Yeah, I don't exactly. want this. And she was this country girl, you know? She was. She, she was this kind of, you know, she, well, she, she was a country girl who married an enormous star. Mm -hmm. And that's a very big shadow to kind of go into Paris at that time and be married to that person. And what's extraordinary is I think a lot of people would have shrunk back, and she absolutely didn't. You know, she was quite a force of nature from the get-go. But the, again, the story is about her standing up and going, I'm going to carve this space for myself in the world. I'm going to take you on and I'm going to win. <laughs> and she great. wins on kind of every level. You she know, wins she on every says, level. you're sleeping with women, you know what, so will I. Yeah. Right. And he goes, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think that's also what I found fascinating. It was this open marriage. You know, she realized very early on that fidelity was not going to be something that he he was going to be capable of. And therefore she went, okay, fine, then I'm going to go and do my own thing too. <laughs> something kind of amazing about that. <laughs> well, and the relationship that she has with yeah. this. Well, well, Missy, who is Missy. this gender... Denise Goff, who, Denise, who's, who's brilliant. Who's playing. so brilliant, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, who is this sort of gender non-conforming character. Um, so a woman very much dressing in men's clothes, which at that time was completely illegal. Um, and was, was it illegal? It, it was illegal. It's illegal. It was illegal. Yeah. So um, she got away with it because she was very rich. And obviously, you know, <laughs> as we all know, there's one set of rules for them and another set of rules for <laughs> everyone else. Um, so, so, you know, but I think through that relationship, which was a proper seven year absolute love affair, you know, you read the, the letters between them, they were completely in love. And I think that Missy helped her helped her stand up, helped her go, no, you, you have a right to be yourself mm -hmm. and to live without shame. And she, she did that in such an extraordinary way. Yeah. You get the feeling, though, watching her, that if she were in this time and we were dealing with the sexual harassment and the stuff that we're seeing every day mm. and people finally being called out for it, yeah. and in a sense punished for it, mm. she had to do that herself. She didn't have a movement. She didn't have somebody because... No, oh. and she was an individualist, so I don't think she'd ever have been comfortable within any movement. Like, she didn't identify with any kind of the suffragette movement or the, you know, she, she didn't. She was absolutely on her own for herself, mm -hmm. which is morally, you kind of go, that can be pretty ambiguous, you know, but she was the ultimate sort of, the ultimate survivor. And again, you think, wow, okay, at a point when nobody was fighting for the things that, you know, but she was literally saying, I am going to live my life the way I want to live it. Mm. And I'm going to work and get the credit for it in the way that I deserve. At that point was completely unheard of. And I'm going to do it on my own. You know, it, I mean, it's, it's sort of extraordinary. <laughs> Not sort of. It is extraordinary. It is. Yeah. But what about you in doing this, in this career, this career that began when you were the decoy for Natalie Portman's queen yeah. in Star Wars Phantom yeah. Menace? I mean, there it is. That's a good start. Yeah. Decoy queen. Decoy queen. The one, <laughs> the one who looks sort of like her. Sort of like in the Natalie same costume. Portman, but not. Yeah. But, but not. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, I've done all right. <laughs> I, I think so. I'm all, it's all right. It's been pretty good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, now you're an officer of the British Empire. And now Empire. I'm an officer of the British, British Empire. Empire. What does that mean I you can do? No, I'm can not you arrest sure. me? I hope so. Oh, I, I mean, I, I think I need to find this out. What power, what, what power does this give me well, as an officer? Well, I mean, officer? it's great because we're seeing this and, and empowered women doing this. Yeah. Now. And yeah. it's happening. Did you have to go through this while you were coming up? And did you face this kind of harassment yourself? Not harassment, luckily. Okay. No, I've never faced harassment. Mm-hmm. But sexism, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing that I think most women identify with when they're watching this film is, you know, something that everyone's been through, which you're at work, you have an idea, you say the idea, everybody completely ignores you. Some guy <laughs> says exactly the same idea three seconds later and everyone goes, oh, brilliant, well done. And you think... I swear, am I going mad? Did I just say it? So, you know, I mean, in a much lesser sense, but mm-hmm. that just that feeling of not being heard and being in some way not taken seriously because of my sex and being judged because of that is, you know, the, the, the playing field for women and men is not equal. And it's a very tricky place when you're in a working environment and you're like wow so you get to behave one way and I have to behave another and I have to be silent and I have to pretend that you know I I don't have an ego and that I'm not ambitious because that's not feminine and then you might not like me so it's a very complicated kind of position and I think what's great is again watching this film I think that's why women identify with this so so much they haven't hopefully had as extreme uh, a situation as their husband taking credit for their work Work. you know (laughs) But there'll be some something that I think speaks to every woman. But I'm making this as a, I think guys will like it too because it's fun. You know, it's a very fun kind of energetic piece. But I think as far as me wanting to play it, I just went, oh, yes, I, I identify with this. Well, you do. You look at it and say there's something you could learn from her. You can't believe that was over a century ago yeah. that she came and did this. And yet the progress that she made got lost along the way too. Yeah, you know, there are ups and downs, peaks and troughs. Yes. There is, there is progress. But I would think with you uh, having the career that you have, mm-hmm. I mean, you've done lots of fascinating movies, some of them costume movies, period movies that are there, and then the blockbusters. I mean, you're, yeah. you were in Pirates of the Caribbean. I definitely that should was. be enough. I, actually, I'm just, I'm just getting to the point where I'm going to get some real kudos from it because my nephew, who is five, just saw like a bit of the first one. He said, oh, Auntie Kira, are you good at fighting pirates? Yes, I am, actually. <coughs> really? Yes, you know? I am very good at fighting. Yes, and I'm an officer, so don't do you that. forget it. But when you do movie, you never know when you do a movie. You no. never know how it's going to be received, how whether the public is going to take to it. Yeah. And you've done more than a few of those. And you love, yeah. actually, people, when I bring that up to them. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like, but it's an amazing one, that one, because it didn't do well when it came out. I know, but everybody so, loves it. Valentine's Day can't happen yeah, without no, people watching. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I mean, I think I had a very lucky run very early on, which, you know, I, it was Love Actually, well, Bend It Like Beckham, Love Actually, and Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. as a three, you know, and then, and then Pride and Prejudice. I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to have that run of luck ever again. I mean, oh, that please. was an ast- But it's an astonishing one that's, that, you know, you never thought that the one... The, uh, the one about women's football. You never thought called Bend It Like Beckham. That wasn't meant to do. I mean, I remember at the time sort of telling friends that I was doing it and people like laughing, going, oh, good luck with that. And the same with Pirates of the Caribbean, you know. Good luck but, with yeah. that. 
<laughs> that's the end of your career at 17 or whatever it was. Um, you know, and then Pirates of the Caribbean, based on a Disney theme park ride, once again, <laughs> like pretty you much, pick you know, wow, you can really pick those. That's going to be great. You know, so I think it's, it's easy with hindsight to go, oh, obviously, they were going to be great successes. But yeah, you, it, it's kind of the one thing, that, the one thing, that one of many things that I love about doing what I do is the kind of, um, you never know. You never know what's going to be the thing that, for some reason, there's a space in the world for. When you look at your work, when you look at it, what are like the three or four movies that you've made that, I don't say they did the best or they did anything, but that meant the most to you? Uh, um, that was a good noise, wasn't it? <laughs> um, oh God, it's a difficult, I mean, I think Pride and Prejudice was, meant so much because it was a book that I'd been obsessed with obsessed with since I was a very small child. I mean, I had a doll's house that was Pemberley. I mean, I used to play that. I had it on tape and I would listen to it constantly. The BBC version I listened to constantly. My mum had read the book to me. You know, I mean, I was obsessed with that book. So the, the thing of actually then being able to play her and that that did so phenomenally well, that was amazing. But then I'd have to go for ones that haven't done that well, which would be Last Night that was directed by my friend Massey Tejadeen, um, which was just such an interesting amazing collaborative sort of experience and a very different style of sort of naturalistic acting which I completely loved and then working with David Cronenberg on Dangerous Method which oh. was such an out there intense mental and the fact that somebody was really going yeah go go to town like really push it and did. I really yeah. did and I really enjoyed it um, and then I'd probably go never let me go because again never let me go was something that didn't do well when it first came out and it's the film that most people talk to me about because it's such a strange and it got re-reviewed weirdly when it then came out on DVD and got amazing reviews on DVD it was like thanks guys couldn't you have done that like now there's <laughs> when nobody it, paying anything yeah, that's, to see no exactly <laughs> yeah. um, so I'd probably go for those ones but you wanted this forever, right? This was, I, I can remember saying this, that yeah. there's this, uh, I don't know if it's an apocryphal story <laughs> about you being your daughter's age and saying, yeah, I, I want, want an, an agent. agent. Yeah, no, and apparently, apparently it's true. I was three. Apparently it's Appa true. Well, I mean, I don't remember, but do I? I was three, but... I don't know, if I, could, if I knew to ask for an agent when I was well, three, I would probably I remember think it. I don't remember <laughs> it, but, uh, but it's been such a part of my life, that story, that, you know, I mean, it... I've never wanted to do anything else. I don't remember ever, for even a second, wanting to do anything else. And actually I feel, if I've been fortunate, and I have been very fortunate in my life, that's almost the thing that I've been most fortunate about. Because I see a lot of my friends who are very brilliant and amazing, but literally have no idea where they want to go. And I think that's kind of a difficult thing, whereas mine was absolutely solid right from the get-go, and kind of still is. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> no idea why. <laughs> Did you say to yourself at one point, I know I can do this. This is... I think I always had a complete belief. Like, I, I in no way kid myself that the beginning of my career, I knew what I was doing. And I didn't have that amazing, just inbuilt ability, like your kind of young Natalie Portman's or your Haley Joel Osmond's or Saoirse Ronan. I didn't have that. But what I did have was energy. And I always knew that I had a work ethic. And, um, and I always knew that I could get better. And so even at the beginning when I sort of came out in Pirates of the Caribbean, you're like, oh yeah, she's really pretty, but she can't really do it. Mm -hmm. I, I always knew that I had a way to go and I was pretty confident that I could get that or I was really gonna try. So I suppose I had that. I was always quite clear with myself where I was. And you could at least, you could separate yourself from all the frou-frou that's around 
being an actor. Yeah, I mean... Being a star, too. That's yeah, a whole other thing that happens. Not necessarily early on, no. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's a maelstrom, and you're mm -hmm. kind of... An, and you have no idea how you're going to react to anything. Um, and I found it very, very frightening. And the, the rise to fame that I had when I was very young was pretty extreme, you know. But I have learnt... Yeah, and I've figured out what I like and what I don't like and my boundaries. What is it? What is the part you like the best? The acting. And the I love it. I find it fascinating. I really do find it fascinating. You know, I find, I find the research. Why do I do period films? I mean, I love them as, as a genre. I love it. Mm -hmm. but, but it's the research that I really love. It's like I get to kind of... It's like I get to bring the dead back, you know? I get to, I, I get to like walk around in a person's shoes and kind of breathe life back into <laughs> them. I find it like quite extraordinary. Well, it's a strange kind of necrophilia. It's a kind of strange <laughs> necrophilia. Oh, hello. I'm bringing the dead bring, back. Well, yeah, I'm bringing the dead back. I'm, I'm getting, not shagging them. Not shagging <laughs> the dead. No, but just being intimate with but, them. Yeah, I mean, just I think it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating, you know, like the, the fact of Colette, we're still having the same conversations we were a hundred years ago. We think we progress. We think we're experiencing everything new. We're not, you know. I mean, how can we still be having this conversation a hundred years later? Um, so I think it's kind of interesting about, I, I don't know, I find that really interesting. A lot of people say, well, you've done a lot of period films. But I always resent that because in the sense they're never the same. Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice is not Anna Karenina. Well, I've always she's, slightly, she's and you not. know, I, I do kind of go, you know, I walk past the street and when somebody's wearing jeans and I'm wearing jeans, that doesn't mean that they've got the same life that I've got, you know, so I have always kind of gone like, I don't get it, these films are all quite different, but you're right, I am in dresses. <laughs> Sometimes when you're not. You did a uh, film I love called Begin Again. Yes, it's a lovely film. And when uh, I talked to you the first time, because on this show, we always end in song. Do we? we do. do you? Did I? I Last I, time, I, did I? Oh, it, you looked at me like I had struck you. Yes, I feel it like was I like might this, look at you like that I again. I don't sing. No. And then I see Begin Again. Yes, but and I didn't like singing. And there you are. Here comes the train. Exactly. Not a track. Da, da, oh, yes, you know, yes, yes. So what is this? I don't like it. Don't you? <laughs> don't, I, don't, I really don't. Don't no. you sing? No. Your daughter's name is Edie? Edie, yeah. yeah. You don't sing to her? Yeah, but you know, not on a TV show. show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even she says, stop singing. Oh. So what, were you in, the, in hell when you were shooting Begin Again? You know, I think quite a, lot <laughs> of my, um, quite a lot of my career is about facing my fears. Yes. <laughs> And but you can't face them with me after no, all we've been together? No, what? because I'd need alcohol. <laughs> the popcorn and the popcorn's won't, just it not going to do it. It just won't work. No, it just, it's just not going to do it. You play Colette <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. You know, you're an OBE. Yeah. And, and the you idea can of take you on the world and you're shrinking. I am shrinking. I'm literally shrinking, shrinking in my skin. In, in your seat. I would like the floor to open up and swallow <laughs> me now. Yeah. And look, I'm actually sweating as well. It's, it's, it's so Thanks interesting. Thanks for this. It's been lovely. It's okay. But I'm not going to force you <laughs> because, you know, it's just... It's, it's just like you, you can see that it's too painful for me. It is painful. Yeah. And yet there's something so appropriate that I'd like to end with in yeah. the lyric that we don't have to sing okay. uh, in Lost Stars, which, is, uh, it, which says, please don't see the girl wrapped up in dreams and fantasy. It says, oh. please see me as something else. So oh. here you can end by saying, 
Who should we see you as? Who are you, Kira Knightley? That's the question I'm going to ask because you won't sing for me. Whoa. Who are you? I don't know, but this has gone deep, deep. and I don't it's know what the answer, answer to that is. is. Who are you? Who am I? I'm Colette, which is coming to cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully done. <laughs> You've now been in this business long Such enough. Such a long time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you.